Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. My name is Iman, and I'm joined by Asad. Asad, how are you? Uh, <laughs> uh, not as good as Fred Van Vliet uh, tonight, that's for sure. Money bags. Bet on yourself. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, still processing the news. Now we're coming at you guys right after the news of Fred Van Vliet joining the Houston Rockets for $43 million per year. It is a three-year contract, and they did it. They not only maxed him out, but they gave him that third year. What are your thoughts on on what Houston just did? I I don't know what Houston's up to, but clearly they were very sick of uh, the culture they had built there the last few years. Because um, paying Fred VanVleet that kind of money is, hey, good for him. Great for him. Love that he got that money. But that is wild, wild amount to spend on uh, that level of player. Um, um, like, hey, you got to pay Fred a high amount to get him to a, leave a place that he's kind of known or been a regular at and has like a set position. And B, deal with, you know, what's going to be continued losing. Uh, and dealing with a lot of young, young, young millionaires who need to learn how to play basketball. So, you know, that sucks for Toronto, I think, long run. Um, it's not great to lose talent, especially for nothing. Uh, there is still, because it was a three-year deal, I think there is still a chance that maybe the Raptors could get Houston to play ball and make it a signed trade so they get an exception for $22 million. So at least that way they have some way to use uh to you know use fred's money in a trade uh, in the future but otherwise fred leaving means the raptors uh don't really have cap space but they do get the full mle um which we found out that they have used uh, or at least agreed to but in the short term it sucks for a big part of the raptors championship uh run it's been a big part um in making his career here and it's going to it's definitely as many options as the raptors have to improve their team um, whether it's players growing, getting better, a new system, any version of the Raptors this year is probably worse off without Fred VanVleet than it would be with it. Um, I would take away the word the I would take away the word probably, and I want to make sure to give Fred VanVleet his roses here. You mentioned it; he was a huge part of the Raptors championship run. He's also there's been so much talk about a two timeline. You know, the Warriors failed to make it happen. The Blazers might be trying to make it happen right now. And Fred Van Vliet, to me, along with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, is proof that it can work. He is proof that it can work. We saw it here. He is the heir apparent to Kyle Lowry. Um, we watched him develop and in that third season really break out, especially in that playoff run, um, and, and help give this team a championship. He took over for this team, and he's an undrafted guy doing this. His story arc, what he means to Toronto outside of just this one year. I know people have been very frustrated with his play last season, 
but what he means to the Raptors, if we could take a step back and look at where this team has always been in terms of developing guys and keeping guys and all that, all the noise that you hear, he is sort of proof that the Raptors have have had stability. He's he's the fruit of that. Um, he is uh, proof that the Raptors have had a winning culture. He's the fruit of that as well. And, you know, we always talk about, oh, if the Raptors want to get someone in free agency, they're just going to have to throw a ton of money at a guy who doesn't deserve it. And yeah, that's kind of what the Raptors have done in the past to get guys over here. And now your players are watching that. You're watching that happen to your players because of the winning culture and the system that's been built here. So I think if we just take a step back um, and look at this, it's a major win for Fred Van Vliet. This is an undrafted guy making max money. Now, would I personally pay him max money? No. I think Houston is interesting for that. But he's still doing it, right? Like, you are worth whatever the market dictates your worth in this league. And and he's getting paid max money. And it's because of everything else that he brings. Uh, it's because of the intangibles. It's because of the steady Freddy. It's 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 his essence. It's his era. It's his, it's his aura, I should say. Um, It's how he can come into a locker room and Ime Udoka and the Houston Rockets believe that he can help change that. Raphael Stone is betting on the fact that Fred and Vliet can come in and help change their culture. So that's a major win for them, but it's a huge loss for the Raptors by the same token. He means so much to what this team is, and I want to get you to sort of explain what um, the loss of Fred and Vliet means for this team on the court, outside of all the stuff that he does off the court. Well, just based on the Raptors offense, like he was, you know, their best pick and roll ball handler on the team uh, and probably one of the most uh, the easiest ways for the Raptors to get a paint touch was a Fred Bamfleet drive. Fred Bamfleet drove them led like I think he was in the top percentile of the league in drives this season. He was, yeah. Um, and, you know, getting into the paint, getting the ball out like that just creates movement on offense and regardless of what you want to think of the Raptors stagnant offense last season because of the way their personnel was and the system they were running, um, having a system that encouraged more cutting, more movement, even more DHO action, uh, it would have been helpful, would have been really useful to have a Fred Van Vliet type player. Um, anybody can go back and look at Memphis's footage with a Desmond Bain or a Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones being probably a closer, um, uh, clo- closer counterpart to a Fred Van Vliet type. And you can just see how Memphis utilized them in the offense um, and how Fred Van Vliet could have really flourished. So missing that element is going to be huge. Having someone who can shoot out to 25 feet, like beyond the three-point line, that's going to be a huge element. One of the Raptors go-to pet plays of a Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet uh, pick and roll uh, that create was a top points for possession play for many a season. That's now gone. Uh, on the offensive side, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Fred Van Vliet was one of the best um, off-ball defenders in the league, uh, having a point guard who could, you know, guard somebody in the post, uh, take a switch and kind of bang for a couple positions, dig in and get create steals, create deflections. Like, that isn't a small task. And you definitely lose a lot of just uh, maturity on the court. Um, and that's not something, like, as much as, like, you know, the, we saw a lot of Fred Van Vliet misses late in the clock. The reason Fred Van Vliet had the ball so many times late in the clock is because a lot of times you're out there in lineups with a lot of young players that – you know, it starts playing hot potato. People don't know what to do with the ball. And it's like, all right, get it into the surest pair of hands. I can get a shot up. And that would be Fred Van Vliet a lot of times. So it is definitely losing a massive piece. Uh, the Raptors are not going to be able to easily make it up. But that being said, uh, now you just have to kind of look at opportunity, right? Like at the end of the day, 
the the summer was going to be a big one for the Raptors young players. Precious Achua becomes extension eligible going to the final year of his deal. Uh, Guy Flynn's going in the final year of his deal. I'm not saying that these guys are going to replace, uh, be the upswing that replaced Fred Van Vliet. Scotty Barnes is going to get more possessions on ball while he may not be a traditional point guard by any means. It's not someone who gets a whole lot of paint touches. Um, we're going to have to see him uh, play make out of him in the high post potentially more in DHO situations a bit more just to, you know, get the ball moving around on offense. Uh, so that's going to be a big growth area for him. And then now, Hey, somebody's got to make up that usage and who's going to take those shots. And that's where, you know, Gary Trent jr. Uh, you're in a contract year. What can he do with the extra usage? OG Ananobi, someone who's been looking for a bigger role. Well, now, in that starting lineup, if it's still Pascal and OG and Scotty in there, well, now Pascal and OG are going to be getting the majority of the shots in that lineup as Scotty or Dennis Schroeder, if he's a starting point guard, maybe, uh, are facilitating the offense. So it's going to take steps up from all those players. Realistically, it would have been better if Fred Van Vliet was back and those players also took steps up and then you just have a higher ceiling on the team. But again, you're in the situation you're in now. Uh, there's still a pathway for this team to be good. It's just that now, instead of a Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam-led team, which maybe was looking more for success next season, uh, that was a bit more immediate. Now you're more looking at, okay, Pascal Siakam has shown that he wants to sign an extension here. You have him locked up. You can have potential of having him locked up long-term. You have Pirtle locked up long-term. So you have your front court more or less set with veteran guys. And now you're banking on the growth of an OG and an OB. And that's, uh, that's effectively the position the Raptors are in. And, you know, you're hoping for the best next season. And there could definitely be in the same way that losing Kyle Lowry and you got Scotty Barnes in. And the Raptors were able to, you know, have a miracle season, just trying to figure things out and go to 48 wins. I could see this group also doing the same, where it's just people you kind of stepping up into more roles. <laughs> you find the right fit. And exactly, you don't have a pick next year anyway, so you might as well go for it. And I think that's what they're doing. So there's definitely still an upswing potential. It's just maybe just changing your expectations for this team. It's less about immediate success and more success over the next three to four year period. So you're looking at the once Scotty Barnes starts hitting his early prime, when OG Ananobi's in the middle of his prime, and Pascal Siakam is two years into his next contract potentially. That would be, I think, the the sweet spot you want to hit now. But uh, there's a lot of questions, I think, left for the Raptors and their front office in terms of how they fill this team out. Right. And you, you mentioned Dennis Schroeder. Um, I, w- I want to talk about him. So he is the new addition that is coming into the Toronto Raptors and, you know, looks as though he will be the person. I mean, unless something still happens, there's a lot to there's a lot to be decided. You know, there's a long time between today and tip off mid-October. Um, but he may be your starting point guard. He is going to be someone who takes in could be I don't know uh he will be someone who takes a brunt of that sort of usage that you were losing with Fred Van Vliet now you mentioned it Pat OG wants a bigger role you're gonna have the ball in Pascal's hands Scotty Barnes taking another leap and being a ball handler and a playmaker there uh Fred's usage which was you know incredibly high on this team will get split up amongst lots of different people but you needed a point guard to come in here and that's Dennis Schroeder do you want to talk a little bit about what Raptor fans can expect to get with Dennis Schroeder on this team next year well, with Dennis Schroeder, like the one thing that he was really good for when he was with the Lakers on that championship year, uh, or when he was with the Lakers teams in the past, I don't remember if he was on a championship team or not. I think he was, but who knows? Um, in any case, one of the things that made him really special, especially beside Alex Caruso, was that they applied a lot of ball pressure um, at the point of attack. 
Um, he's a very good defender at the point of attack, uh, puts a lot of pressure on um, opposing offensive players and opposing point guards. So that's something that you could, you definitely get um, from Dennis Schroeder. Other than that, you know, he's someone who can run pick and rolls. He's someone who can kind of cut and slice to the rim. Uh, again, with Dennis, maybe the decision-making might be a little erratic from time to time. Uh, he's definitely a player that can run hot and cold. And the shooting, it's not like you're not going to really get a shooting component from him. He's mainly just a catch-and-shoot spot-up three-point shooter. I think for his career, the majority of his threes are assisted. The last three seasons, he's at like 35, 32, and 36% on catch-and-shoot threes. And again, a lot of those threes coming off, off of LeBron James. So those are pretty premium looks. Um, I know the one of the issues with the Lakers was they had nobody to shoot threes. Um, and while Dennis Schroeder did help them in a bit, he's not exactly a premier three-point shooter either. That being said, at if he's shooting 36% or 33 or 34% from three, even at a low volume, that slots in still on the higher half of the Raptors uh, team from last season, which is very oh. depressing to say as well. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, also gets to the free throw line really well. Again, that might have a bit to do with the Laker effect, but for his career, he does get to the free throw line a fair bit. He's historically been a pretty good finisher at the rim, but did have a low season last year. So there's, again, there's a reason why the Raptors are getting him uh, at the MLE. Is a reason why he was at the veteran minimum last season, even though he was actually very good in that playoff run. But you are getting a guy who's at least, you know, a veteran. He's 29 years old, and he's, regardless of maturity issues, he has played in a lot of meaningful basketball games. He's played in a lot of playoff games in Atlanta, and then he's made deep runs with the Lakers as well. So definitely someone who can understand uh, high-pressure basketball. Yeah, no, um, LeBron James wanted him back on his team. <laughs> um, that does something. But here's the thing. When you lose Fred Van Vliet, there wasn't going to be an option to really take over the role that he he has. You mentioned it. He's the Raptors' best pick and roll ball handler he also like you know we saw how the offense changed when you had Jakob Pertle and Fred Van Vliet running the pick and roll game we know his two-man game with um, Pascal Siakam where he gets to be the screener there you mentioned his defense though it took a step back this past season we know what he looks like when he is out there healthy and he's also this team's best pull-up shooter and by the numbers over the years last season was a bad year the team's best catch and shoot guy so you're losing shooting, you're losing spacing, you're losing defense, you're losing finishing, you're losing playmaking, you're losing quite a bit with Fred Van Vliet. Yes, he had a bad year last year. I think everyone sort of harps in on that one year. There's a reason why we were all voting him for the All-Star the year before that. It's because we know that when healthy, he is good. And yes, that requires a lot of usage, but it's because this team needed it. And hopefully with the jumps from, you mentioned it, Malachi Flynn, Delano Banton, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr. from these young guys, there's just more ball to go around um, because everyone's sort of taken that next that extra step and it, it makes up for, for Fred Van Vliet. But they needed to bring in a guy and they brought in Dennis Schroeder and he was never going to fill in the role that, you know, Fred had. Maybe there's still some more moves to make. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But the reason I sort of bring this up and the reason I'm going on this long spiel is because I think we have to look at the decisions the Raptors have made leading up to free agency and really take it into account. Now, I'm one who quite often says, I trust Masai Ujiri. I'm going to roll. Like, he has not steered me wrong. As someone who's been a fan of this team for forever and a half, I've watched some really bad teams. I've watched some really big swings and some really big misses that went along with it. And the idea of patience and patiently building and building something stable here and trusting that your players will want to return to it 
it's something that's worked for Masai Ujiri, right? There was no, like, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry were back every year. You were building that. Um, and I think I want to... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Say in, in defense of him, a lot of people are pointing to that championship roster and saying, well, look at everybody that he's lost with nothing in return. Let's not do that. Let's not, like... Martha Soul and Sergi Baca were very old and they were not going to bring them back for anything. Like that's part of winning a championship is some of your guys are going to age out and you're not going to get anything for them at that point. That's fine. Um, you trade away your 26-year-old center in Fabe and sorry, in Fabe, wait, he's on my mind. In Jonas Valanciunas for Marcus Ole for that reason, with that risk. And you trade away DeMar DeRozan for Kyle, uh, ah, for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, knowing very well that you can lose them. Uh, you don't bring back Danny Green, of course, because if you don't have Kawhi, it doesn't make any sense. And you, you, you take those risks knowing that. So for everyone on that championship roster that's gone, I would not put that as like a, a mark on the Raptors, I think that's disingenuous to do. And that includes Kyle Lowry, who wanted to play with Jimmy Butler in, in Miami and did not want to uproot his family in the middle of the season. It makes sense that you're doing right by the greatest player in your franchise's history. The one blemish there has been Fred Van Vliet. Um, And I think a lot of people are going to point to the fact that at the trade deadline, the Raptors made a move to be buyers, knowing very well that they could have lost Fred Van Vliet for nothing. If I were to take, you know, if I were to defend them in this moment, I would say, I would say no one expected Fred Van Vliet to get paid $43 million. <laughs> We did not know that the Houston Rockets were suddenly going to hire Ime Udoka and Ime Udoka is going to decide, no, actually, I don't want Kyrie Irving. I don't want James Harden, who been rumored to be reuniting with the Houston Rockets since December at that point. I want Fred Van Vliet. Didn't expect that. And even if we did... I don't think anyone expected 43 million over three years. And you can say that it's their job to expect certain things like that. And so, you know, I, I get people being upset at the Raptors front office for losing Fred Van Vliet for nothing. I've said that this is going to be their biggest blunder if it happens and it has happened. Um, but I just sort of wanted to put everything into perspective because yes, there was a big blunder, but I'm not entirely upset at rolling the dice here. I talked about the big swings and the big misses to me. That's, Hito Turklu, <laughs> that's Sean Marion when like, no, you don't need this for this team. It's not so much betting on the core and betting on the belief that you can bring back your guys, not recognizing that there was a team that needed to hit a salary floor that was willing to give up $43 million per year to a point guard who maybe everybody expected to make somewhere around 30. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any <laughs> anything to really say about that. Like, again, nobody yeah. nobody was going to pay Fred Van Vliet $43 million. Houston just happened to uh, go like just go and make that make that deal that's not something i think anybody can defend also like i don't think there's anybody like as good as it is for Fred Van Vliet to make that money i don't know anybody who's going to be defending that contract for on the houston side of things like houston had to be so desperate to make that deal and even then it looks like like just from like an objective point for houston it's like really like this is what you're doing and I the love same, Fred, and the, it's... like the same concerns that people, and it's it's kind of funny because on the Houston side, you'll hear 
oh, well, it's good. They have a mature player kind of set the thing, teach, you know, their two young guards how to run combo guard, point guard. And on this end, on the Raptor end, you hear a lot of noise being like, oh, well, Fred Van Vliet's blocking the point guard usage uh, for certain players, which um, I find funny um, because the truth is probably somewhere closer to the middle of that. Uh, if anything, I think Fred Van Vliet's a very good player to have on your team. But it is what it is at this point. Um, I'm not going to be too hard on, like, I, again, losing out on a player because another team paid him and, like, it's inordinate amount of money. Like, this yeah. isn't even, like, oh, the Raptors are nickel and diming it with Fred and, like, if they had offered a couple more million. This isn't, like, OKC losing James Harden to Houston back in the day because they wouldn't pay the extra $4 million, right? right? This is, hey, they're paying, like, just a, a max for a guy who's not a max player um by a long shot and the reason that you don't pay those type of things is you don't want to be like you have tobias harris in philly who got a well i don't know if it was a max deal or almost basically a near max deal at that time and that contract has been very difficult for philly to kind of either now trade off of or even build around but they kept him around and i would say for Van Vliet's maybe a little bit better player than tobias harris for what he's worth but like there's a, there's an argument you can make there. And if someone was to pay Tobias Harris $43 million a year on a max right now, I think you would be, uh, you would be looking at the Raptors sideways. Um, and then yeah. looking back at the trade deadline again, like if you were good to trade Fred at the trade deadline, that would be like, again, did the Raptors really expect to lose Fred Van Vliet for, on a max deal? I don't think anybody would have. And if the other thing is like, well, you could have gotten something back for him. In hindsight, it's easier to make that decision if you know that he's going to go. But I think there was the fact that he even took as long as it did for the a deal to happen um, yeah. shows you just maybe how close it actually was for Fred Van Vliet to come back to Toronto on the money that they offered him and were willing to offer him, which was a very good deal. Four years, $120 million is a pretty incredible Nothing deal for Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. So they clearly made the decision that they were going to pay him. They were comfortable with moving with the team forward with him on it. And, hey, you get outbid like that, you get outbid like that. I'm not going to worry about the trade deadline raising expiring. And from all accounts and all reports, they were getting pretty, you know, useless and they, offers. They, they were fine. Yeah. And they were, they, not only were they getting useless offers, they were willing to pay him, I would say more than market value, right? Yeah. Like they were willing to, to do that. And I think if you were like, Hey, the offers aren't great here, willing to pay him more than market value, really need him next year. It's it's a fine gamble to make. They kept if it's a turtle, if it's great. a player you're not <laughs> looking like, about that. Like Fred is not a player they were looking to get off of. So for them not exactly. trading him in the past is I like it's a moot point to me because yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, it's, it sucks. It's still it's still yeah. like it, it sucks. And you needed Houston to come out. And I want to like put what forty three like he's making max money right now, right? Like Giannis Antetokounmpo is making forty five million dollars per year. Um, you know, uh, Luka Doncic is making forty four million dollars per year. We're talking about the uh, like the complete upper echelon of the NBA, and so I'm happy for Fred VanVleet. Like this is this is major for him and major for his family. Understand why he takes it. You do it every single time because nothing is guaranteed in this league. We've seen him already have injury history. Um you know, and it have issues with injuries and he is getting up there in age. So this is a deal that you take every time. I don't know if we've actually talked about this because my brain has just been so stuck on the fact that Fred Van Vliet is no longer a Toronto Raptor. Um, but yeah, Capertle continues to be a Toronto Raptor. He is back with the team. Uh, what are your thoughts on what the Raptors are able to get him for? Uh, that's awesome news. Like again, losing Jacoperto would have been a absolute, four years, eighty million. I should absolute, say. Absolute, yeah, that would have been an absolute disaster if they had 
traded the pick for Jacoperto and lost him. Again, I don't really care about the cost of the draft pick for next season because the whole plan was the Raptors to be a competitive team and continue growing to be a better team and win whenever Scotty Barnes becomes good enough to win. Uh, but that's the thing. You want to be able to sign Jacoperto back. They sign him back for $20 million a year. If it's backloaded, it starts at like $17 million next year. That's an incredible number to get a talent upgrade at that position. That was a position yeah. the Raptors did not have anybody in the development pipeline for. Was a trouble. It's trouble to fill throughout the league. Jacoperto is the 10th uh, highest paid center in the league now. Um, you look over at Chicago, they're paying Nikola Vucevic uh, three years, $60 million. And yeah. while Vucevic is more of an offensive option, he's a giant negative on defense in comparison. And I think we saw it just last season. Jacoperto was incredible for the Raptors. The Raptors went 15 and 10. Guard. Yeah. They went 15 and 10 with Jacoperto. Even without the pick and roll partner, just defensively, we saw the Raptors were suddenly a defensive unit again with Jacoperto. And I think I'm excited to see what uh, Darko Ryakovich can do with the defensive uh, abilities of Jakob, as well as offensively. I think now we're going to see something that we did not see when Jacoperto was a Raptor, but he did a lot as a Spurs. Uh, with the Spurs, Jakob was used as an offensive hub from the top of the key regularly. He had many like big assist games with the Spurs as well. And this is for multiple years. So he's very used to making reach from there. Yeah. And if the Raptors are shifting to an offense where, hey, their bigs are expected to make plays, that's something that Jacoperto can do really well. He's very good at hitting cutters. And he was able to make stuff happen with San Antonio's young guards who couldn't shoot either. Uh, so getting more talented players to play with and running the putting the ball in his hands at the top of the key, it definitely is exciting to think about. Yeah. Uh, and again, shot 64% from the field uh, as a Raptor, I think. And Raptors went 15 and 10. And I think, uh, I think you might know the plus minus numbers better, but again, plus the Raptors... Nine. The Raptors were incredible with him on, and they were very not good with him off. Minus four. <laughs> so to get him back is great. Oh, and yeah. if, and like people might have concerns about the spacing, and that's completely understandable. Yeah. But again, you can alleviate some of the spacing concerns when you have your bigs screening, when your bigs are good screeners and they're playmaking from the top of the key. Because if you sag off of them, they're going to set a screen for the one or two shooters you might have right. and or the cutters that you have, and you don't want to have big small screens or any of those type of things especially at the top of the key where guys are getting someone who's coming off that screen is coming with speed and going downhill right. it's a little bit more dangerous right uh and having both him and scotty be able to create from the top of the floor in terms of like with their passing playmate from the top of the floor right i think there's a lot of pathways for the raptors to be able to be good on offense um that being said they're they're still going to need more shooting and yeah. that's one thing to do it the raptors last season had three shooters in fred Gary and OG and they come in this season with three shooters and one of them is their rookie. So <laughs> it's definitely something to hold. I am looking forward to seeing how the Raptors, if this is their entire, if this is their entire off season, I think it can then be. you're hoping for, you know, auto order to be back healthy and playing games. Yeah. He's definitely someone who can help. He's a career shooter. You're hoping for growth from a Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. Pascal started shooting, uh, the three a lot that's more it. to me to me that's what it comes down to yeah. you need to have pascal siakam for one you need to have a reporter you, you just yeah. need you, you're already thin in yeah. terms of you know the bodies that you have you just lost you know a starter who played what 40 minutes a night for absolutely nothing uh you just need bodies and you need shooting but it comes down to if this team is going to have you know good offense it seems out of the question they didn't even have good offense you know the last few years 
Um, but if they're going to have passable offense, if they're going to be decent in any way, you need Pascal and Scotty to take that leap specifically in terms of their shooting. Like you just need shooting on this team. And, you know, whether Fred is here or not, this team doesn't amount to really much, in my opinion, if those guys cannot space the floor properly, right? Like if they don't have some form of shot, if their range is not there on their shot. And hey, if you want point Scotty at the end of the day, if you want point Scotty, there is not a single successful point guard in this league that cannot shoot the ball. So right. if you can't shoot the ball, you either, you have to be able to get to the rim like all the time and be high efficiency at the rim. And while Scotty Barnes has a lot to grow in both of those departments in terms of getting to the rim regularly in the half court It'll as be well fun as shooting. To watch. I'm so excited to see it. It's I'm exciting. Excited to see it. We'll see what happens with the offseason development. Uh, that being said, I think this Raptor squad does have still have a chance. They're definitely younger now um, as a whole in terms of where the usage is going to go. Uh, we'll see if I. I, I think they probably spend – I would think they focus the rest of their offseason on seeing if they can maybe make a trade to kind of balance their roster a bit. One thought oh, that I've constantly been thinking is, yeah, you call Washington, you get another vet, one of their veteran guards in. Uh, at this point, it's a lot easier to do if you bring in a Monty Morris or DeLon Wright who might be expiring where you now, because Fred Van Vliet's gone, you have the room to sign them to their next deal, yeah. uh, which will be more affordable than – obviously starting level point guard, but both of those are both of those players I think are better than Dennis Schroeder. So if you're able to I get agree. them on a one year expiring and get them into the system, that Jones is the, is the star of this, but I don't know that, you know, I don't know that he's getting, he's starting, I think he's starting in, in Washington. In. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's a star of that, but if you can get Monty Morris or DeLon, Wright, Bring him back in. You can work with something. Yeah. And the person going out in that scenario, I think when people ask, well, who would go out? Uh, you don't have to wave that young anymore. So that young is an outgoing salary you can always use. I think if you don't need to attach pick protection, if you can find somewhere, someone who wants Chris Boucher on their roster, um, you could trade Chris Boucher to a third team. Maybe Washington wants some, who knows? Uh, and then use that second round pick to go to Washington to bring back uh, their guard. And realistically, if you're looking at next season now, you know that you're, the five guys that are left from last season uh, being the starters in Gary, they're going to get a ton of minutes. Dennis Schroeder is going to get a fair number of minutes. If he signed to the contract, he signed to at the MLE, they're going to play him. So that's six guys that are guaranteed to be in the rotation. You know, Christian Coloco is going to be in the rotation given that he played great defense last season. He's a young guy. Fun to talk about He's going to get a role. Yeah. Christian Coloco is going to play. Coach. Precious Achua is in the last year of his deal. He's definitely going to play. If the Raptors are focused on development, they're going to play their young guys. And you know, Grady Dick is going to play. Like, you're not going to bring the rookie in and not play him, especially when he's one of your three shooters. So that's already, we've already listed nine guys that are guaranteed, like basically guaranteed to be in the rotation. So if you're already nine guys deep, I guess the question really becomes is, well, if Otto Porter is going to play, you know, for you, and he's going to give you veteran minutes that now you're at like 10 or nine and a half, mm-hmm. where does Chris Boucher fit in outside of being, like power forward insurance um and realistically it'll come down to if chris is shooting the ball well then he'll play but if he's right. not he's not playing so it might be worthwhile to look at chris boucher thad young see if you can sw- trade them for a guard so you can kind of balance your roster a little bit better so i would be targeting those two guards in washington for sure yeah and hey bring back delon we, we need more people from uh the old raptors yesteryears group. yeah 
Yeah, yeah. You let Fred go. You bring Delon back. I mean, you don't let Fred go. He walks. But congratulations to Fred Van Vliet. Congratulations to Jakob Pertl. Congratulations to Utah Watanabe. To join Kevin Durant over in Phoenix. Thank you so much, Asset, for joining me. And thank you, everyone, for listening.